You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Which coast? Traveling east to west... Aaron Ladd. No, he did No. <laughs> Mark Gunnels. At the house on it. Chiefs coast to coast. Mark, I think it's funny because, like, this is this is a home game for you. I'm still getting comfortable with the Twitter spaces. You... You live in space. You always on spaces. It's it's crazy. When are you not on spaces? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, man. I be chilling, dog. I don't be on spaces like that, man. This man is space more than Neil Armstrong. This you know, <laughs> love space. Hey, man. I'm just waiting for you to kick it off, man. I'm just Scotty Pippen, bro. You know what I'm don't saying? Don't do that. You know what I'm saying? I'm just waiting for the leader to take over, man. Scotty was a great player in his own right, ain't he? <laughs> I'm just messing with you, bro. I, I don't care, bro. It's all good. How you been? I know we gonna we got a lot to talk about, obviously. People still following in here, uh, but what's life been like since the last pod? Uh, it's been good, man. It's been good. I can't complain too much, you know, just going with the daily grind. Getting ready for NFL free agency. Uh, a lot of trades. Well, a big trade went on today. I'm sure we're going to get into that. But, uh, yeah, man, life is good, bro. I'm blessed. How about you, man? Same, man. Watching the Combine. Just uh, March Madness, too. March Madness kicking up. And uh, obviously not going to have my Tigers in it. But I can't wait to root the Jayhawks on and, and get them on up out of here. Oh, my gosh. You can't be saying that working and living in Kansas City, man. Come on, man. Y'all know where my, my loyalties lie. It's Chiefs Coast to Coast <laughs> on Twitter Spaces, also on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. Appreciate y'all tapping in. We'll take some questions towards the end. But, man, I woke up this morning. I was like, what are we going to talk about? I know it's a couple things. And then the Lord just blessed us out of, <laughs> out of nowhere. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty wild, man. Uh, the AFC West just got a little bit tougher. Let's 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 stay with the Chiefs before we kind of bounce around the league a little bit. Uh, we touched on Orlando Brown last pod, uh, and he's going to be kind of our opening topic here. The Chiefs officially announced ahead of the deadline they placed a non-exclusive franchise tag on him, meaning another team can make an offer, Kansas City can match or they can let him walk and get those two first-rounders. But as we talked about before, I think that this is just a placeholder while they work out a long-term deal. He's going to make around 16 and a half uh, if he were to sign sign on the dotted line. But there's also some wrinkles in that as well, Mark. He, he's going to represent himself, man. It, 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 it's an interesting saga as far as Orlando Brown is concerned. Is that official? I know he was debating about doing it or getting an agent. Is that official? I saw Garofolo came out with it, and he's with NFL Network. He talked to, I believe it was Jamal Brown, who, who who's in Orlando Brown's ear, and basically said that he's deciding on, on representing himself or if he's going to hire an agent, and he's not planning on signing the tag until that piece of the business is determined. He also has some sort of charity event that he wanted to put a lot of his focus into, but it just seems like a lot of posturing to me, man. And I'm going to be honest with you. It doesn't really seem – this kind of seems like an inevitable move that's going to be made. It's just a lot of uh, icing on the cake before then, I guess. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, we already talked about it a little bit last week. We were talking about potential moves and what's the first order for the Chiefs and Brett Veach this offseason. I think we both pretty much agree that Orlando Brown was, if not number one, at the very top of that list one or two and yeah I mean we expected this franchise tag not a surprise at all 
obviously right before the deadline, just to kind of secure that you at least have him for next season. But I do believe ultimately they will come to terms for a long-term deal. The numbers, that's uh, something they're going to have to work out, obviously. With him being a left tackle, that's the premier position on the offensive line. And it's a little bit more premier when you're protecting the best quarterback in the world in Patrick Mahomes. So he's going to get some good money, man. I'm not sure exactly what the number will be, but I'm pretty much can guarantee he's going to be north of $20 million a year. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a big payday, and and he knew that when he when he came over to KC, and obviously made his intentions clear as far as wanting to be a left tackle. I'm I'm, I'm fishing for this Garofolo information because I think there was also something else that was important in there, uh, and and it was basically talking about um, his intention to want to stay in Kansas City, man, and, and, and that. Uh, it's something that Brett Veach talked about ahead of the NFL Combine, and, and now comes out in, the, in this NFL Network report. I kind of just threw that in the space real quick. If y'all, if y'all want to check it out, uh, Garrett Polo does great work for NFL Network. But I mean, these sides are operating in good faith. It, it, it's just a matter of, of the money getting done. Uh, obviously, we're we're in a part of the timeline now where it's a whole lot of offseason left to play. It's a whole lot of negotiations that can continue to happen. We know guys in the past. I said, hey, I want to have this done by training camp. Haven't seen any kind of deadline like that as far as Orlando Brown is concerned. Um, but what was important to me and something that stood out was basically the report adding that he wants to be in Kansas City and he's the type of player who can be there for the rest of his career. That's an exact quote. I'll throw that in there too, which is, which is important, man. Oh, yeah, 100%. And the main thing that stands out for me about Orlando Brown and one reason why I liked him from the beginning, even before he made his first snap in the red and gold, is his desire to play that position. Obviously, with his dad, you know, he always wanted to be a left tackle. It was something that he strived for since a kid, basically. And for him to be the left tackle on this team, protecting that quarterback on a team that has a chance to compete for Super Bowls every single year, it doesn't get much better than that for him at this point. I mean, he made the Pro Bowl. He's still young. You know, I mean, if you stay in Kansas City at that position on this team, on that offense, I mean, you can create a resume, you know, five, seven years down the road that could potentially be Hall of Fame worthy. I mean, because the thing about the Hall of Fame is sometimes it's about your situation as well. You know, we see really good players, but they're on like dynasty type teams. So they kind of get elevated a little bit higher versus if you were just a really good player on, say, you know, Detroit. You know, you weren't generational, but you were, you know, you were really good. But if you're really good on a team that's competing year in and year out, you're getting Pro Bowls and accolades and things like that because your team is winning, you can make a legit argument that you could be a Hall of Famer one day. And I think that's something that he also is striving for. Speaking of people declaring their interest in, in wanting to be in KC, uh, not only Orlando Brown, this tweet just came in from, from Josh Gordon. We know he's a, a practice squad guy. He says, KC right where I want to be. Ain't going to lie. I'm hyped for 2022. So that that's interesting. A lot of a lot of activity on, on Chiefs Twitter today, and I guess that'll be a, a perfect segue into this next guy that we seemingly can't avoid, man. One, one day we're going to be able to not talk about Chiefs Twitter. One day we're going to be able to just come on this pod, laugh, have a good time, and not have to talk about deleted tweets, man. But but here we are <laughs> talking about uh, a tweet deleted from at Matthew Era, and, and I'm going to throw it into the throw it into the spaces. But I'll just read it as well for those listening on, on the podcast stream. It says Wilson in the West. Damn, what could have been i'm gonna let you kick this one off i know this is your boy we've been talking about this all back all week back and forth seems like we've been hanging on every every tweet from this guy what's your latest reaction to to this latest tweet yeah and i like when you know when i know you're out you might not be on twitter and i send you his tweets (laughs) (laughs) i did that a couple times this past week and you're just like oh man (laughs) but um yeah anyway about tyron matthew so last week on this pod I said I'm leaning slightly towards him staying. Remember that? Uh, Oh, yes. And I think I took the opposite position. Well, I'm here to tell you I'm changing my stance. (laughs) (laughs) I've I've come to grips that Tyron Matthew would not be 
in the Kansas City Chiefs uniform He's this coming come fall. To grips, I love how you phrased that. I've come to grips. Yeah, and it it, it, it pains me to say that because Tyron Matthew, even before he became a Chief, he was always one of my favorite players, especially what he did in college at LSU. That's where he created the Honey Badger name. Now he's the landlord, but yeah, it, it's it's over. Let's I mean. Dig- I want to dig a little bit deeper. You said yeah. grips, and, and this has only been a week's time. We had the same conversation <laughs> on March 1st, uh, the same day on the same platform, and you said he was going to build a legacy. When you picture Tyron Matthew, you mentioned Hall of Fame and a lot of that stuff, but when you say you picture Tyron Matthew, you picture him in the red and gold. Now you're picturing him somewhere else. What changed? The tweets. <laughs> I mean, he can't get more direct at this point. I mean, over the last week, I feel like it's been more obvious. I mean, he's obviously said things before last week, but to me, it was never like a concrete, he's for sure leaving. But when you have stuff like that d- deleted tweet today that you got up there on the Jumbotron, I mean, h- how can I ignore that? How can I keep having a blind eye to these things, right? And the tweet, the one tweet he made where he was talking about, um, yeah, what, let that guy get an apartment first before y'all want him to replace these 10 and a half Jordan ones. I'm like, okay, like, <laughs> are you talking about like Daxton Hill, maybe who the Chiefs might draft in the first round from Michigan? Like, I, I just can't ignore it no more, man. Uh, he's gone, he's gonna get more money somewhere else because there will be a team out there that would be desperate enough just to get him away from the Chiefs preferably probably an, an AFC team. I could see Baltimore as a possibility. And the Chiefs just aren't going to give him what he wants. And, you know, I think it's a smart decision because at the same time, as much as I love him as a player, leadership, et cetera, et cetera, he's going to be 30 years old. And here's the thing. You always pay guys for what you think they're going to do moving forward. I see a lot of people say, he deserves it. Look what he's done. Yeah, I understand that, but you should not pay guys for what they've done in the past. You should pay them for what you think they're going to do in the years you give them in their contract coming up. And when he's turning 30, I think we're going to see him slightly decline over the next two or three years. And you don't want to be stuck paying an old safety that much money because I think he's going to ask for a lot. Ooh. Man, it, it, a, a full 180 here from Mark Gunnels. We're getting some more people in here, and I see a, a couple requests as well. So I want to make sure we let y'all know. Hang on to those questions. Write them down. Don't forget about them. We'll get back to you at the end. We're talking Tyron Matthew now, especially in the aftermath of his, his most recent tweets. And, and I'm hoping, honestly, maybe this is a pipe dream. I'm hoping he, pipe, he, 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 he jumps in here and maybe gives us a little more clarity because there have been some kind of cryptic and, and open-ended tweets People have been kind of tagging me in one that I, I, I want to mention to you and get your thoughts on, uh, where he said he hadn't been offered anything. I don't know if you saw. I don't know if you saw that one, but going back and forth with fans, which is par for the course for, for at Matthew era. But he basically mentioned that he hadn't gotten an offer from Case E yet, and I, and I have a hard time believing that. I, I really do, especially considering that these negotiations have been ongoing not only for this this off season, but. The last offseason as well. I think maybe reading between the lines, I'm not reporting anything here. I don't know anything here. So please don't run with this as, as info. But maybe the offer he got wasn't respectful enough in his opinion. Maybe it wasn't the one that he was he was looking for. Or maybe, maybe, and sometimes how these negotiations go, uh, your representation kind of shields you from some of that stuff. That was one of the big reasons why I hired an agent because I didn't want to be in the negotiations, man. I didn't want to know how the front office thought about me and I didn't want to have to look at them a certain way and, and, and go to Twitter and say all this stuff. So so when people tag us in this tweet or when he sends out something that he hasn't received an offer yet, I think it's a little gamesmanship. I am on the same side as you were saying, like I said last week on March 1st, Matthew Era will not be in Kansas City. And, and the emotion that we saw after the AFC Championship game, AFC championship game uh, really should have told us a lot more than, than what we bought into. But here we are, March 8th, once again doing a Tyron Matthew segment, and I have a sneaky suspicion this will not be the last, Mark. Yeah, so I actually didn't see that tweet you're referring to. But 
I think he's probably saying, and I could believe this, and this is not news, by the way. This is just me speculating. I think he's saying that he hasn't received a new offer, like, within the last couple of weeks. I think he's definitely received an offer before the season started, but they obviously it wasn't something that he liked, and he wanted to bet on himself this year. But I could see a scenario where he hasn't received the offer so far this offseason. I don't think that is too hard to believe. Yeah, I think that's on track with what Brett Beach has said, too. He he mentioned at the Combine at that availability, we keep referencing that this is the beginning of kind of our, our official contract talks. Yes, we want him here. We love him here. But as Andy Reid said, it's about money, man. It's a, it's a salary cap sport. And you know once teams go to the Super Bowl and, and once teams get that taste of success, guys want to get paid, man. No more hometown discount. No more none of that. Uh, it it's uh it, it's payday and, and Tyron Matthews earned it. Uh, not not that not that he won't get it. Uh, he he might not get the pie in the sky figure that he that he was hoping for, but he certainly earned it. And, and there will be franchises out here that will be happy to have him. So uh, let's let's put a bookmark in that one because I have no doubt in my mind that we will be talking uh, Matthew era once again. How about some more contract talk with Tyree Kill? Uh, I saw a little figure jumping out with uh with an extension that he's looking for. It was a 21 and a half uh, for three years for uh, Tyree Kill that was rumored out there. I thought that was a pretty team-friendly deal. I, w- I wonder what you think about those figures. Yeah, I mean, if the Chiefs can get him at that number, that's an absolute steal in my mind. I mean, we're talking about a guy who you could arguably say is the most feared weapon in football. I'll probably say him or Debo Samuel as far as the most feared go in the league. But yeah, and... Here's the thing about Tyreek Hill. He hasn't gotten paid yet, really. I mean, the the deal he's on right now is very, very team-friendly. And we obviously know about the situation that happened a few years ago that impacted that contract. So he's a guy that's going to be looking to get paid. But at the same time, I think he does understand his value. And I think he knows as long as he's with Patrick Mahomes – not only can he still get paid, maybe not the highest paid receiver, because that's probably going to be Devontae Adams, especially when he gets a real contract and not is tagged, which I think probably will happen in Green Bay now. But he can be the second or third highest paid receiver without doubt. But the thing is, this number just keeps growing, though. Just like quarterbacks, there's a guy that's the highest paid one year, and then two years, he's like the fifth highest paid, right? Like So the market always changes with these things. And that's why it's really hard to really grasp what is true market value because it changes literally every single year. But at the end of the day, Tyreek Hill is going to get paid pretty nice. But if it's that number, that's a win for the Chiefs because he could probably demand, if he really wanted to, he could demand more than that if that's the real numbers. But if that's what he's okay with, that tells me he really loves playing the Kansas City. He's okay with that number because it's still way higher than what he has gotten so far. And at the end of the day, you're always going to get your numbers and stats playing with a quarterback that can get you the ball because Tyreek Hill is obviously the best deep threat probably in the league as far as just pure speed. And who better to throw you the ball than a big-armed Patrick Mahomes? Absolutely. I think it's a delicate balance that we've been talking about since the very beginning of this pod. Do you want to win? Do you want to keep the core together? Do you want to stay comfortable in the nucleus and the championship culture that you've built here in Kansas City? Or do you want to get paid somewhere else and, and maybe it's a rockier road? Uh, this four years, 85 figure that, that we're talking about is absolutely a home run for, for Kansas City. And I think the goal of getting it done now is, is getting the cap number down and uh, trying to keep him locked up and, and all that good stuff. But it it, it it keeps Kansas City flexible, man. That That is another thing that, that is uh, – to their advantage, especially in these Patrick Mahomes years where, crap, you're looking at what Aaron Rodgers is getting. Patrick Mahomes' deal kind of looks like a, a home run right now, uh, all things considered. Uh, I think if it really is the number that uh, is rumored to be, uh, I think that's a home run for KC. And, and another notch on their checklist as they continue to go down, right? So Tyron Matthew was, was one notch on the checklist. I think, uh, of course, Orlando Brown was a notch on the checklist. Uh, Tyree Kill, 
uh, a notch on the checklist and and eventually we're gonna have to talk about Frank Clark not this episode obviously we talked about it last episode but the Chiefs are still gonna have to address that as they try and get uh get some flexibility under the cap now I, I think they're still over the cap with the um Orlando Brown move but these moves here are giving them a, a little bit more room yeah, absolutely. I think Tyreek, I can see that deal happening this week. Like, I think it's going to happen fairly, fairly soon. Is that, you, are, is that Mark Gunnels, the reporter? Is that, a, is that a scoop? Oh, well, no, I don't have any inside information. <laughs> so don't uh, hold me to this. I'm quoting this is a, I'm going I'm, it right now. I'm, I'm going off of vibes and feels right now, okay? We found out saying, Sir, do you are here? Vibes and feels. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm just going off vibes right now. But it really does just seem like both sides are in on the same page. It seems like it's the complete opposite of the Chiefs and Tyron Matthew. It, it seems like Tyreek Hill wants to be here. It seems like obviously the Chiefs want him. I mean, why wouldn't you? And I think it's going to happen. I think it's going to happen very soon. And because the reason why I say it's going to happen this week or within the next 48 hours or so is because if you extend him, you also are freeing up more cap space to use this offseason. And I know we're going to get into this a little bit later, but with that team, you know, in Colorado, what they did today, I think uh, the sense of urgency just got a little bit uh, higher for Brett Veach. Yeah, let's let's do a little, a few more quick hits before, before we get to that news because that was a shockwave across the league. More Twitter fingers. We got to just have a segment called Twitter fingers. This one from Nicole Hardman. IDK, why y'all be hating on me when it comes to football? Do y'all realize I have to wait behind the best tight end and wide receiver in the game? Lord have mercy, my cape. I'm dusting it off here. I don't know if you can hear me, but here comes the McCole, the, the McCole cape coming out. I don't think he has to wait behind them, man. He has a role in this offense. And I know that there's other guys in this offense that get that. I know Patrick looks for Kelsey and Hill before they look for McCole. But he has a role in this offense, and it, it pains me to see that he – Still feels a little insecure in his role, man. Oh, brother. Oh, brother. The baby Debo we're talking about, man. Come on. Oh, brother. Here we go again. Ah, <laughs> uh, this reminds this is this last summer all over again? This feels like last summer before the year when McCole Hartman went on a rant about uh people criticizing his route running ability. And he went through a Twitter rant. And here we go again. So let me uh clarify this once again. I feel like I've said this take numerous of times, but we have a new crowd today. So you guys need to be educated as well on this topic. McCole Hardman is simply not a number two receiver. Okay. Is that simple? But at the same time, he does deliver value as that gadget guy. You can manufacture touches for him, jet sweeps, wide receiver screens, things of that nature, the return game, right? So he does have a role on this team. But since the Chiefs do not have a legit number two receiver, we have these expectations of him that are simply not fair to him because he's not that guy. He's not a great route runner. He's very average at route running at best. When teams doubled Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, Mahomes was begging somebody to get open. And if you look at the All-22 film throughout the year, McCoy Hardman had a hard time getting open like he really struggled he's not that strong guys were getting physical with him at the line of scrimmage things of that nature right but i'm not blaming him the chiefs took him in the second round so the chiefs have to wear that they could have had dk metcalf could have some other guys right it's not his fault that he got drafted that high so for what he does he's fine but when the chiefs get a true number two receiver then you're going to see things open up for Hartman even more because he can go to his natural position as just being that gadget guy. And now you have to worry about three guys before McCole Hartman. So at that point, you can't even account for him. So he's going to be very, very dangerous once they get guys in their natural spots. And they're going to get a number two receiver this offseason. I can guarantee that. Yeah, I just thought the interesting thing was that he said wait behind. Uh, that, to me, indicates that there is a, a pecking order. Obviously, there is, but you would like to see a, a, a more fair share of the ball and everybody gets a shot at it, yada, yada. I don't think this is the biggest news of the day, but I thought it was interesting, especially considering the timing 
of everything that happened today. One more news note came out on Monday. Uh, the salary cap rose $208 million per team. It's up $25 million uh, from last year's cap. Uh, some, more, some more money to play with, uh, some more room to operate for Brett Veach, and, and uh, people getting paid. People, people getting paid. I need, uh, I need to know what my cut is, Mark, honestly. <laughs> I think you're just worth the veterans minimum. I'll take it, man. Whatever <laughs> they wanted to give me, I'll take it. You know, you're good for a one-year 1.5. <laughs> you know, that's that's good, though. That's good in Kansas City. You can live nice off that $1.5 million. Hey, appreciate y'all listening in. I see a couple requests up. Please hang in with us. We got, got a couple more things we're going to get to, and then we're definitely taking some questions towards the end. I, I want to get one more Chiefs question in before we bounce around the league. And uh, combines in the rearview mirror, draft around the corner, free agency around the corner. So I'm curious, this is just point-blank question, and if y'all are listening too, y'all can reply to either of us on Twitter here. The question is, do you expect the Chiefs to be more aggressive in the draft or in free agency, Mark? I'm going to say free agency. I think what I'm really looking at right now is the wide receiver class and edge rushers. I think I can see a scenario where they get a legit number two, like a guy – I mean, I think even Al Robinson is still possible. I know the whole Matt Nagy thing. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster out there as well. Uh, DJ Shark. I think they get one of those guys for sure. And then as far as edge guys, I'm looking at Chandler Jones. I think he's a very realistic possibility. Uh, In Arizona, it feels like his time is pretty much up. They're not going to franchise tag him or they haven't. I think Von Miller is going to go back to Denver. He was a guy I had on my list, but that seems pretty inevitable at this point. But I think we can get a Chandler Jones. We'll see what they do at corner. If they can re-sign Ward, I think they want to. But if somebody's out there offering something crazy, uh, we know Brett Veach, how he looks at corners. Uh, he sees they're pretty expendable. So I think at that point, you could see him maybe making a trade for like a guy like a, a Bradbury, right, from the Giants. They said he's on he's on the uh, the trade block, a former second round pick. So he might he may not fit Veach's criteria because you have to be a former first round pick for Veach to trade for you. <laughs> so with so with Bradbury being a second round pick, actually I'm not sure if that's gonna happen. But you know those are some things I could see happening in uh, off season. We're always gonna be yin and yang. I, I'm gonna say that they're gonna be more aggressive in the draft, and and this is what I'll say. It's based off what Brett Veach told us to kick off. The combine. I mean, it's what every GM says. He likes the draft. It's a deep draft. Wide receivers everywhere. You want a wide receiver too. I think Kansas City uses the capital they have to drive to to pull back, trade back, and acquire some young talent, especially off the heels of what they did last year. Mark, I mean, when you hit a grand slam the last time out. The next time you go up to the plate, you're feeling yourself a little bit, and there's no doubt in my mind that KC hit a grand slam last year with, with Creed Humphrey. And uh, with Nick Bolton as well, uh, I, I think they're going to be mid-market buyers at best in free agency. After everything gets shored up cap-wise and a lot of the guys they want to get back, I think Charverius Award is, is a guy they obviously really want back. I think it's a guy they end up getting back in KC. I just don't see them spending the Chandler Jones money. I don't see them spending the Von Miller money. I think that they lean on their young guys. Maybe get one or two veterans. I remember last week we talked about guys who maybe will be out there, cap casualties that maybe could end up and find their way in KC. Uh, keep an eye on like Cole Beasley or something like that, where, where that's where they kind of spend their money. I just can't see them being home run hitters at this point in the year. Maybe something happens towards the trade deadline. Maybe something happens uh, towards closer in the, the middle of the season before that time of year. But uh, right now I see them being more uh, aggressive in the draft. A lot of stuff happening, not only as far as the Chiefs are concerned, but all over the league, and and there's a new quarterback in the AFC West. I don't think we're breaking any news here. Russell Wilson, the new quarterback of the Denver Broncos. How does that change the division? How does that change the AFC? Uh, How does that change your outlook on the Chiefs, Mark? So, I mean, for the Chiefs' perspective, it changes this thing, and this is pretty clear. The Broncos went from an automatic two wins 
to now probably looking at a split, right? I mean, and, and let's just be honest here. And a lot of people are saying this, and I get it. Russell Wilson, to me, is the third best quarterback in this division behind Mahomes and Herbert. I understand that. But at the same time, in Denver, he has a running game. He has weapons at receiver galore. I mean, Judy, Court uh, Sutton. I mean, they, they're they loaded over there, right? And their defense still is a top 10 defense. Got they're a probably, good they're probably going to get Von Miller. What'd you say? They got a good defense, too. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And we know the last time Russell Wilson's won a Super Bowl, he had all of those things. He had a great defense. He had a good running game. And he has receivers now. <laughs> so, I mean, the Broncos are definitely going to be a threat. I know it's the bravado thing to say, oh, I'm not worried about them. I got Patrick Mahomes. And I, I understand that. I still think the Chiefs are the best team in the AFC West as of right now. And they still should be the favorites to come out of the AFC. But you are delusional if you believe this is going to be a cakewalk. I mean, because all four teams could legitimately make the playoffs next year. The Raiders made the playoffs this year. The Chargers would have made it if they didn't call a timeout. And the Broncos still won seven games with terrible quarterback play. And so now you add Russell Wilson, you got to assume they're at least a 10-11 win team just off of that alone. So it's going to be a bloodbath in this division for sure, man. This is easily the most talented, best division in the league, and I tweeted earlier, and nobody else can tell me this is wrong. This division is the most talented division ever when it comes to quarterback. You can never, you cannot name a, a division in the history of football that has more talent in at quarterback than the AFC West right now. We're talking about Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Russell Wilson, and laugh at Derek Carr all you want to. He is still a top 15 quarterback in the league. So if that's the worst quarterback in your division, that says a lot. I'm not laughing at Derek Carr at all, man. I might even push back on the fact that you could say this is an this is an automatic split for KC. It's no it's no days off, not only in the National Football League, but certainly in the AFC West as it looks next year. You kind of touched on this being one of the most talented divisions uh in nfl history and nfl research kind of backs you up i threw this onto the jumbo jumbotron i'll read it for those who are listening on the podcast stream 2022 afc west set to be the first afc division in which every week one starting quarterback is a prior pro bowler since the 2012 afc west i mean it's stacked on, on, on paper it's no days off and uh i think denver did a hell of a job to to right after rogers fell through they had the plan ready uh, Russell adds a different dimension to their offense. Uh, obviously, he, he was hurt last year, banged up, and, and kind of not himself uh, when he did come back. But we know what he is when, when he's healthy. Uh, not only a dynamic leader, uh, but also a thrower of the football, can make all the throws, uh, pro bowler, Super Bowl champion, all, all the things. I mean, they were a quarterback away. There, there, there's really nowhere else to slice it, Mark. I mean, it seemed like uh, even week. 18 last year when Kansas City played them in in Denver. That wasn't an easy game. KC had everything to play for, needed to lock up the two seed, needed to win that game. And without that Melvin Gordon fumble and, and return by Nick Bolton and obviously Melvin Ingram's big pop, I mean, that game was looking that game was looking a lot different. The AFC West is catching up to Kansas City. It, 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 these teams are being built, and I think actually – Brett Veach touched on this last year. Teams are being built to beat the Chiefs. And uh, it, it's hard not to look at the the move that Denver made today and, and think that and not agree with that sentiment. I mean, look at this trade package. Drew Locke, Noah Fant, Shelby Harris, two firsts, two seconds, and a fifth. My goodness, Mark. I mean, my goodness. Yeah, and that's why I push back on you saying they're going to be more aggressive in the draft versus free agency. Because with the restructures they can do, extending Tyreek Hill, they can create a lot of cap space. And considering this move Denver made today, I think Brett Veach is going to want to make a splash. So I, I can't. I'm really surprised that you don't think they're going to be that aggressive in free agency. It was an either or, and you know I'm anti-splash when how close they were. I just don't think you need a splash move. What is maybe you know I'll rephrase that. 
I don't think you need a splash move with an asterisk. What what is the splash move? Is the splash move Von Miller? Is the splash move Chandler Jones? Or could you make a series of smaller moves that equal up to a splash? I just don't think that they were that far away, man. I think we've talked about this on on the first episode. I mean, they were the most talented team left. <laughs> Realistically, they beat themselves. They beat themselves in the AFC title game. So so why reinvent the wheel? I just I just don't think you need to need to go splashy. Teams are getting better, Aaron. Teams are getting better every year. They're getting more experience. I mean, if it wasn't for the Buffalo's defense, I mean, the Chiefs would have lost in the divisional round, 13 seconds. I mean, I mean, I know we won that game, but let's not act like that wasn't spooky hours. So, yeah, I get what you're saying, but you can tell things are not as easy as it was, you know, a couple of years ago. It's a more of a struggle. So I'm at the point now in the thinking where, I want it to be unfair as possible. So he turned that the means, all the way up. <laughs> that means give Patrick Mahomes all the weapons he desires and have people crying on Twitter saying it's not fair. I'm all for that. Appreciate y'all tapping in with us here on Chiefs Coast to Coast. We're about to talk Aaron Rodgers next, but but not before we mention that y'all can check us out on the podcast app. Every Tuesday, we're doing this live on Twitter spaces. If you want to chime in, it'll post on Wednesday, appreciate all the support, and and teams are getting better. And the, I think Green Bay got better just by the the fact that they got their franchise quarterback and, and two time MVP back in the fold today. Whatever the price tag is, I don't really care. I think the money was probably the least important part of this whole conversation when it comes to Aaron Rodgers. It's more so the fact that he looked around at his options, he looked around at Denver, he looked around at Tennessee, and he said, "You know what? I'm gonna just stay at the crib." Uh, Aaron Rodgers back at Green Bay on a four-year deal. And maybe this will be the year, Mark, that we finally get the Mahomes-Rodgers Super Bowl that everybody's been begging for since. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Are we going to do this again? Really, Aaron? I just want to see it, man. I mean, I just want to see the two best. If, the, if this is a passing of the guard, if Mahomes... If Mahomes is the next coming of, of Jesus Christ, then, then beat Aaron Rodgers in the bowl, man. I, I need that. Yeah, I've been saying I've wanted that for the past, feels like a decade now, but it's only been a, about three years. But you already seen the two best, Mahomes and Josh Allen, but that's a different argument for a different day. So, yeah, this is great for Green Bay. I think it is. Uh, we don't know exactly what the numbers are. According to Aaron Rodgers, he has not agreed to that contract that was out there yet. So... Um, obviously more drama here for Aaron Rodgers, right? It's uh, for the par of who he is at this point. It's never ending. So, But we do know he will be the quarterback at least next year in Green Bay. And obviously the Packers tagged Devontae Adams. So is this going to be another last dance type thing? Because I don't know. What's the deal? I mean, <laughs> it's just so weird to me how a lot of people are reporting that it was a four-year deal, $200 million. And then he comes out and tweets, I didn't sign anything. Like, what's going on with that, Aaron? I don't believe anything that man says. I think he's back in Green Bay, and that's the only thing we can believe. At the- <laughs> is he in, but is he in Green Bay for the next four years? I, I think it's a year-by-year year thing with them. I think he's still very upset about the Jordan Love pick. I think he wants his his brain inside the front office. He wants to be included on all the decisions that they make. I think he doesn't really trust a lot of the media and a lot of the coverage around that, but it's tough to tell with Aaron Rodgers, man. I I think he's a hell of a quarterback. Everything else I I see with a a grain of salt. Yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree. I'm honestly tired of seeing and talking about this man every day. It's always something different, man. Like He loves the attention. I think we know that. It's pretty obvious. I do enjoy his weekly shows with Pat McAfee. I think that is pretty funny and entertaining. But, I mean, he knows what he's doing, man. He loves his attention. And it's kind of made us forget about Tom Brady retiring. Like, right? I mean, it's still some talks that he may come back to San Francisco. I'm not really buying that. But Rodgers is definitely still still in the show. Well, not today, though. Today was about Russell Wilson. So he's probably actually a little upset about that, actually. The league never sleeps, man. A couple more quick hits before we get to the the audience questions here. Uh, Calvin Ridley suspension. 
at least through the 2022 year. I'm a Falcons fan. I want to speak on this real quickly. It's a bummer for the Falcons, who I thought could get some real back-end first-round value for Ridley. He obviously wasn't going to be in Atlanta again. They were shopping him. Now he's sitting on the sidelines because he allegedly, reportedly placed a bet on the Hard Rock app and... It, 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 it's a gray area. I don't think Calvin Ridley is the only person in the National Football League who is placing bets. I know a lot of there was a lot of chatter about that. Um, oh, Calvin Ridley was just caught. But yeah, he was the example. I mean, sometimes, you know, uh, you know, it's classic in the NBA. You start pushing and shoving, but the dude who shoved last or shoved the hardest gets the T. Uh, Calvin Ridley got caught and he's sitting down. And it's unfortunate for Kansas City as well, because I, I think they were a team that probably could have used his services this year. Yeah, so before I touch on Calvin Ridley, make sure you guys send a request. We're going to take questions here pretty soon. All things Chiefs or whatever you want to talk about, Russell Wilson. So send your request in now so you guys can jump the line. So about Calvin Ridley, people are talking about the year suspension. Is it too harsh? Is it too light? <laughs> um, I think it's just right, to be honest with you, because here's the thing. The NFL, at the end of the day, cares about protecting the shield if it's something that's going to harm the shield or hurt the integrity of the game they are going to come down on you and set an example out of you right and since this is the first case of this since i can remember in my lifetime calvin ridley unfortunately is the guinea pig here he's gonna have to to, to take the stripes for this right take the bullets for this one because they have to set the example because now you don't want guys to be thinking, oh, I can just gamble on some games and I only got to miss four games. You know, oh, it's not that bad. But no, they spending him for the whole year. So that's big because I think he's going to lose, what, $11 million? And he only betted, according to him, 1500 <laughs> I mean, those are some bad odds right there, man. And didn't he bet on the Falcons to win? Like, man. You got that's, that was his move. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man. So it, it's tough. It's tough. Yeah, he he was taking a mental health hiatus. So uh, first and foremost, I hope that's all right. But he gonna have a lot of time to think about it. Another quick hit: Mike Williams, the guy that we talked about last pod. Him and the Chargers agreed to a three-year, sixty million dollar contract extension. Another one off the off the list for you as far as the wide receiver two conversation is concerned. Yeah, that, that wasn't a surprise. I think most people believe that he was going to stay with the Chargers. The Chargers have one of the most cap space available this offseason, so that really wasn't a shock to me at all. He would have been nice in KC, obviously a big-body receiver that can stretch the field. But, yeah, we kind of expected that to happen. Oh, and one guy I did not mention earlier, I was talking about my wide receiver too, Amari Cooper. I'm all for Amari Cooper coming to Kansas City. I think the price tag is going to be a little too high. Like we, like we were talking about, man, you're going to have to win in the margins. Mark Cooper is going to, it was 20 mil that the, the Cowboys didn't want to pay. I think he's going to want to stay near no, there. Nobody's giving him 20 million. I can guarantee you that. Nobody will give him 20 million. It's, uh, I think the Chiefs will, I mean, hey, shoot, shoot, shoot the shot and see, see if he'll come. He'd obviously be dynamic in the offense, but I think he's just a little bit too high out of their price range. Uh, that's going to be it for us. Let's get to the questions, man. Let, let, let's see what everybody's cracking on. It was a busy day around the league and, and a lot to talk about in kingdom. What y'all got? All right. I'm bringing up Brian right now. He's connecting. He has the Chiefs jersey on, so I know he has some good knowledge or wants to know about some things. Hold on. Still connecting. Gosh, spaces. Come on. We got to get you in a chief jersey on your uh, on your picture. You you be incognito with that little Super Bowl press. <laughs> I'm surprised hey, you enjoyed Taylor. Not uh, that's not your profile picture as much as you was flaunting that one around. <laughs> hey, Aaron, don't do that, man. Don't do that. Um, we're having some technical difficulties here. Actually, it's not connecting. Oh, we got Edward here. Okay, Edward. Go ahead, man. What's your question, bro? Hey, uh, this, this is going to sound crazy. I know this is going to sound crazy. Everyone keeps saying how we need to just focus on the defense, focus on the defense, focus on the defense. This team has been operating fine with the defense has been in the bottom third of the league for the last four years. Why? Because we have the best quarterback. We got the best tight end. We got the, be the best, if not the second best receiver in the league. 
I think we need to go ahead and get that number two receiver. I think we need to swing big for that number two receiver. If it, if I was running the team, I'm trading up for Chris Olave. Hit up the Philly, get one of their first round picks. I don't know what it would take to get one of those first round picks. So swap the pick, take Olave, take Burks, take uh London, whoever. Yeah. So I mean, it depends on who's available there. I mean, I got it. I really like that. Maybe they're at thirty. I do like Olave a lot from Ohio State. I think he's a really good route runner. He has speed. I think he ran like a 4-2 or 4-3, something crazy at the combine. Uh, everybody was running fast at the combine, it felt like. So if he's there, I may consider that. But also at the same time, we're going to have to replace Tyron Matthew most likely. And a guy I like a lot is Daxton Hill from Michigan, who should probably be there at 30. So it just depends on how they attack free agency. Then they'll go ahead and, you know, take the draft as far as it goes, depending on the holes they still need to fill. But, yeah, I mean, I'm all for giving Mahomes all the weapons. I'm always for that. And, and real quick, what about trading McColl and 30 for DK? Edward, I'm rocking with you. Uh, I, I know you're a Chiefs fan. It, it's not happening. The Chiefs don't have the capital to go up that high to get Olave, in my opinion. I don't think that they – I think the Seahawks are probably listening to offers for DK. I don't know if KC really has the capital to give that up, especially like Mark said, considering the hole they have on the defensive side. I think they're going to be smaller time. They're going to be singles hitters. If this is baseball, they're not going to be able to hit uh, the grand slam deal. I just don't see that happening. Yeah, so uh, we got Toast next. I hope I'm saying that right. Uh, also, guys, just a fair warning, this is a family show, so please – no, watch your language. <laughs> this is a very, uh, this is a very PG show. So, uh, yeah, just watch your language, guys. Go ahead, Toast. Hello. Yeah, we got you, man. What's up? Uh, what up, guys? Um, uh, I just want to shout out uh, Chiefs Network and OVO. Uh, all right, here. Um, I got a couple questions. So, as we know, we franchise tagged Orlando Brown. Uh, what do you think? Uh, his mar- like, how much do you think his annual salary we're gonna give him in an extension? That's all you, Aaron. I think the cap, or excuse me, the, the the franchise tag number is about right. Maybe this is a maybe this is a talk about uh, guaranteed money. This is a guy who hasn't really had his payday yet, and we touched on this a lot on on the last episode before the the franchise tag deal and decision had kind of come down. Um, but kind of that sixteen mil, seventeen mil area that's probably where a good agent is going to start start the conversation on an annual deal, and then we'll see what the guaranteed money is looking like. Kansas City is obviously going to try and uh, get them for as cheap as they can. That's kind of how the deal works. But a guy that they traded for and gave up the asset for, the first-round pick, and brought him in, and Brett Feach even said, quote, he's as dependable as they come. He He's not leaving KC. I think that $16, $17 million is, uh, is right where they'll want to look at. All right, so we got Brian back up here. I know we had some technical difficulties, man, so good to have you up here. Go ahead, shoot your question to us, man. No, I was just listening to someone earlier, and they were talking about how the the Chiefs aren't going to go, you know, all in on free agency or anything like that. And, man, I think with that Russell Wilson trade today, I just think that that's not right. I think that Brett Beach is going to do something. He's always made big splashes in the past. I don't think we keep our first-round pick. We rarely do, except Clyde. But... I, I think we end up trading it for someone in a big position of need and kind of make a splash for it. But, yeah, it's just going to be kind of wild from here on out. Yeah, I mean, I'm on your side here. Um, Aaron, my co-host, he, he don't know what he's talking about, man. You know, uh, <laughs> v- Beach is v- the man. He, he's going to go after those big splashes. Just look at the Rams and what they did. And Yeah, that's not the perfect blueprint all the time, but we're, we're just kind of one of those teams that we're always going to be in the mix. And, the way that uh, the way that Veach is pretty aggressive on things, I just I just don't think that there's any way that we don't make a big splash this off season. Yeah, thank you, Brian. I appreciate you, man. Um, yeah, to your point, I totally agree. I'm all on board. I was even on board before today's trade with Russell Wilson that the Chiefs have to make some splash moves because the league is catching up to them. And to be more specific, the AFC. I mean, we see all these quarterbacks. Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, now Russell Wilson, Lamar Jackson's coming back. I mean, 
the AFC is loaded at quarterback. So at the end of the day, you have the best quarterback, but I want him to have the best weapons possible. So I'm all for trying to get an Allen Robinson, trying to get a Juju Smith-Schuster. If Chris Olave falls to you at 30, take him. Or Jamison Williams. So I'm all on board for the weapons, man. I'm an offensive guy. I know defense matters. I get it. But at the end of the day, the Bills had the number one ranked defense, and the Chiefs moved the ball on them at will. In today's NFL, you're not going to have an 85 Bears type defense. The offense is always going to beat a great defense in today's league because it's not as physical. You can't touch the receivers really. So I'm all for having a defense that's good enough to get enough stops, but have an offense that can score 40 any given Sunday. All right. We have, oh man, is this Tyron Matthews' uh, burner account? We have Honey Badger here. <laughs> Unfortunately, not the real Honey Badger. Oh, man. What's up, (laughs) Honey Badger? Not much, guys. This is Joey here. Hey, question for you. Two-pronged question. I agree. I feel like Allen Robinson or Juju are probably the most attainable. Do we know how much they're going to be getting paid? Like, has any of that word been out about what they're expecting salary-wise? Because I just feel like if Tyron ends up leaving us and Charverius is on the cusp, we're going to have to invest in safety and corner which is going to be expensive. I don't know if we'd necessarily want to do that from the draft um, and wait on someone to come up. So I understand the need for a number two. Offense is key. We all know that in today's NFL. But I'm just kind of curious on what your guys' thoughts are realistically from a, from a cost standpoint on what a Juju or Allen Robinson might cost. Um, I'm not sure if Allen's still locked up in his salary, but curious on that and curious what you guys think we're going to do. If uh, You might have uh, talked about Traverius and Tyron earlier. I joined a little late, but curious what the thoughts are if they do leave, what you think we should do. I'll take the Juju half of this one and, and kind of push back against what Mark said. It, I don't think Juju will be a, a quote-unquote splash move. Maybe that's where the disconnect is coming from. Splash move to me is a double-digit figure guy. Juju went back to, to Pittsburgh at one year, $8 million. He was reported to have gotten a bigger offer from Kansas City and turned it down to reunite with Big Ben. That seems like a, a, a mid-market move to me. That seems like a move in which Brett Veach would be operating in. That seems like the, the areas and the margins in which KC would be making their moves this year. And, and maybe that's another uh, an offer they continue, they replicate this year. I don't know if they necessarily need to make those big moves, but hey, if we're operating in this realm, one year, eight million, uh, you like it, I love it. Yeah, so let me clarify. I don't think Juju is a splash move. I know I put him in there with those names. I was just going off names that I know are receivers. I think like Allen Robinson would be a splash move. I do believe that are drafting one of those guys at 30, like the kid from Alabama or one of the Ohio State guys. So I think those are splash moves. Juju is a good receiver. Don't get me wrong, but I wouldn't say splash on him. So I know you tried to push back on that. Let me have to clarify myself real quick on that. Uh, We actually, I think we're done, bro. We don't have any more questions in the queue. Uh, I appreciate everybody for tuning in. Aaron, you got any final thoughts? Well, you know, coast to coast may be done, but you, Neil Armstrong, you hop from space to space. You all over spaces, man. This ain't, this ain't it for you. Yeah, I probably will hop in on those space after this. I ain't going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> I probably will. Y'all be easy, man. Appreciate y'all.